Thanks so much. You may be seated. Well, today I'd like to talk about parents. Um, taken from a couple of passages, you'll probably remember the Ten Commandments uh, has a, uh, an exhortation or a command about parenting. And it's found in Exodus chapter 20, and then the Apostle Paul elaborates on it in Ephesians chapter 6. And so uh, it's Mother's Day, and all of us have a mother. And uh, maybe some of us can remember our moms. Um, they gave us lots of motherly advice. And see if any of this advice from moms uh, is familiar to you. Always change your underwear. Because you never know what. Never know when you have an accident, a car accident. I don't understand that. What's going to happen if you get in a car accident and you haven't changed your underwear? Don't make that face or it will freeze in that position, right? Be careful. You'll put your eye out. What if everyone jumped off a cliff? Would you do it too? Sure. Close that door. Were you born in a barn? Everyone knows that one. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Don't put that in your mouth. Never know where it's been, right? Be careful what you wish for. This might come true. That's right. Uh, don't eat that. It'll stunt your growth. Ever about coffee with kids, you know? Uh, it doesn't matter what you accomplish. I'll always be proud of you. Moms always say stuff like that. I hope that when you grow up and you have kids, that they're just like you. That's known as the mother's curse. Because I'm the mom. That's why. You ever said that, moms? If I've told you once, told you a thousand times, if you fall out of that tree and break your leg, don't come running to me. Isn't that ironic, you know? Cheer up. The worst is yet to come. You just said in the advance of uh, being grounded or something. I brought you into this world. I can take you out. That's right. When you grow up and get a place of your own, I'm coming over there and going to jump up and down on your bed, color on your walls, and try to flush Mr. Potato Head down your toilet. What would we do without our moms? Here's the commandment about parenting found in uh, Exodus chapter 20. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. Let's think a little bit about what it means to honor. Honor means to recognize outstanding accomplishment. It means to set apart from the ordinary. It means respect mingled with love and devotion. That's pretty good, isn't it? The Hebrew word found here in the, the fifth commandment means to weigh heavy. In other words, that means to take it seriously, to give it the weight it deserves. So in the Old Testament context, be impressed be alert when their presence is there and adjust your attitudes and behaviors in order to be in submission to 
our parents. In those ways, we honor our parents. Now, it takes lots of different forms, much more than a greeting card or candy or a flower, although it's certainly those things. But as we think about honoring our parents today, we need to be reminded that parents will always be parents, no matter how old we are, and no matter how old our children are. Because while they're alive, they're our parents. Even after they're gone. <laughs> Don't they? Don't your parents sit on your shoulders sometime if they've been gone for a while? This commandment gives us a principle that addresses how do we view our parents in all the different seasons of life. And so I'd like to make this suggestion to you today as we think about honoring our parents. The way we honor our parents changes as we walk through the seasons of life. It changes as we go through the various seasons of life. As life progresses, honor progresses. Now, it doesn't change in its essence. Rather, it changes in the way it is expressed. And that's totally appropriate. Children obey their parents, but if a boy will never become a man and a girl will never become a woman, if they must always obey their parents. Adults respect their parents. When parents reach certain middle age and children are launched from the home, the relationship deepens into a friendship with sons and daughters maintaining their parents' legacies. And then the time will come when aged parents need to take advice from their children, with children providing for their parents when they become dependent. But yet, in all of these different stages of life, we still honor our parents. So I'd like to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, where the Apostle Paul unpacks the fifth commandment for us. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. And I'd like to suggest that here we have the beginning of understanding how it means to honor our parents in the various seasons and stages of life. Paul writes, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So let's talk about three seasons of life, and how we might honor, how we might give the weight to our parents that parents deserve. The first place is children who are at home. Children who are home, honor means obedience. Honor means obey. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is is right. Children are children. Youth are youth, but parents are the parents. Paul repeats the very straightforward principle from the fifth commandment, obey your parents if you are living at home. Now, we've often reflected that the Christian life is not a life of rules. Rules snuff out freedom and embodies a fundamental Uh, the freedom that embodies the fundamental truth of the gospel, which is grace. 
But this general principle must be placed in the context of biblical authority because one of the clearest contexts of biblical authority is the home. In the home, it's totally appropriate for children to respect the authority of their parents because parents are the authority. There was a foreign dignitary who... um, came to visit the United States, and I think this was quoted in a Dear Abbey or an Ann Landers or something like that. The foreign dignitary said this, I'm amazed in America how the parents obey their children. Um, Judson Press, which is a Christian publishing company, wrote this paragraph. One of the reasons the generation gap is such a problem is that it is not wide enough. Too many adults try to act as though they were teenagers, and too many teenagers in the home try to act as though they were the adults. With all the actors reading the lines of someone else, it is no wonder the plague is confusing. Children cannot honor their parents while refusing to accept the role of dependent. And parents cannot honor their children while evading their parental responsibilities. One of the first lessons of life is to understand the concept of authority. And that authority comes from mom and dad. But we want our children to obey us from the heart. Not just because we're forcing to obey us, because we're bigger than they are. Let me give us a few words of encouragement for parents on how to create the best environment for children to want to obey us. Number one, being there. Optimally, this means physical presence. Be there for your children. Attend sports games, concerts, plays, recitals, spelling bees, science fairs. If not physically, show interest before and afterwards. Learn to be interested in what they're interested. And if you're not interested in what they're interested, uh, get interested. Being there will help the children want to obey. Second, being. (laughs) It's very difficult for a child to face constant contradictions between what we say and what we do. They can get confused. They might think what you say, what, what you are, speaks so loudly that I can't hear what you're saying. This is often the, re- the root of teenage rebellion. So, B, and, and, I, and I say this in marriage counseling, the number one responsibility of a couple in marriage is for the individuals to become godly woman and a godly man. If you do that, the marriage will grow towards health. Same is true in the home. If mom and dad work on being a godly mom and a godly dad, the children will say, wow, it's not a burden to obey. But I'd like to give you a third um, idea, and this is something that my wife and I tried to practice. By the way, my wife is here today. Great to have you here, babe. Um... Nurture, love, and logic. Uh, this is a parenting strategy that uh, I've investigated and we tried to do in our home. 
here's what love and logic teaches. Number one, give choices. Um, as you raise your children and you give them instructions, uh, lay out for them a couple of options, all of which would be acceptable to you. And then let them be involved in the decision on what option that they would take. For example, would you rather clean your room Saturday or Sunday? Now, you're okay with either one, but you're letting the child know that, well, I've got a choice here. If they're fighting about who sits at the window in the car, you say, would you rather work on your argument yourselves or would you rather draw straws? It's the options for them. Would you rather do the dishes now or get up an hour early and do them before school tomorrow? Be careful not to make it a threat. Like, would you rather clean your room or lose your cell phone? That's not choices. Uh, that's do it my way or else. The point is, is to give them some input into their own lives and it teaches them to think, um, you know, would you rather wear this coat or this coat? Um, teach this child how to make decision. Uh, would you like to wear your hair in a ponytail or in pigtails? It helps the children learn how to be involved in their decisions. Secondly, enforce guidelines by saying yes. Mom, can I go to the movie? Well, sure, as soon as you mow the lawn. See, you're, you're saying no, because the lawn's not mowed. You're saying absolutely you can go to the movies as soon as you mow the lawn. Uh, I'll be glad to listen to you as soon as your voice is soft. Feel free to use the car tonight as soon as you get your homework done. You see, you're, you're enforcing the guidelines by saying yes, and you're creating the environment of the, the children are going, you know, I love being in this family. Third, use consequences as the teacher. Parents often fall into the trap of discipline with anger or empty threats. And if they do that, the children will learn to just wait it out until mom or dad calms down, and then they'll go ahead and do whatever they want to anyway. They learn to play us like a violin. If we run around giving orders and getting angry and, and all those things. Um, instead, give consequences. Do you know that's how we train our pets? <laughs> if our dog does his number on the carpet, what do we do? Pick the dog up, put him in the kennel. Pretty soon the dog learns, I'm not going to do that anymore because I don't like being in the kennel. Now, the owner doesn't have to yell and scream at the dog and break the dog's spirit. Just gives a consequence. And then after the consequence is over, we let the dog out. We don't give the dog a lecture. We don't tell the dog, have you learned your lesson now? Because that's shaming our children if we do that. Enforce the consequence. Let the consequence be our teacher. And the thing that the children learn about real world is this. Choices are optional. Consequences are not. And it helps our children to grow. And if that's the type of home we have, children will say, wow, this is the type of home where I understand authority, and I know how to live within an authority structure. So while children are at home, 
children obey, and that's the way parents are honored. Then there's a second season in life, and that's when we're adults. Once we're adults, what do we do with our parents? Well, I would suggest, based on Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2 to 3, we respect and appreciate the efforts of our parents. Paul says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. It appears to me that there's a hard change in subject with verse 2. Verse 1 talks about children who are at home, obey. But then verse 2, the subject changes. And I think this might very well be the way that adult children relate to their parents while they live on earth. God commands us, honor your father and mother. Now, I don't think this is an arbitrary rule. I think this is a promise that God has given us throughout our lives, that it may go well with you on earth. Sometimes we wonder, people who have constant problems in their lives, how are they treating their parents as adults? How are they treating their parents? So how do you do this? Well, the text doesn't say, but again, I'll give you a couple of suggestions from my experience. Number one, focus on what your parents did right and honor them for it. Kay Arthur, the Bible teacher, says, My parents taught me to love. They taught me to press on, forgetting what was behind. They demonstrated forgiveness. I wonder if they knew then that they were demonstrating principles of life my Heavenly Father would teach me in this world. Jill Briscoe says what her parents did right. They left no doubt that they loved her. She always knew that her parents enjoyed being married. Do your kids ever go, when, when you do displays of affection with your, with your spouse, your children ever go, ooh, yuck. Do they ever do that? You know what? They love it. They love it when they see mom and dad embracing. Because that gives them security. That gives them, that gives them the, the feeling of my family is safe and this is a wholesome family. Think about what that's teaching our children. Think about what your parents did right. Surely they did something right. Spend some time reflecting on what your parents did right. And then tell them. It doesn't have to be mushy-gushy. <laughs> just tell them once in a while. You know, I just remember when you did this, and that was really cool that you did that, and it taught me a great lesson in life. That's what we adults can tell our parents. Third, establish and carry on family traditions. I think this is really important. Have a family night, a date night, mealtime, discussions, take family vacations. Our family took vacations at the lake. And guess what we do now as, as our family? Take vacations at the lake. You know what that does? That honors our parents by carrying on family traditions, holiday traditions. The joy of life is a variety of traditions. The tenderest love is rekindled by their memories. 
But this idea of respecting our parents as adults may bring up some appropriate questions. Here they are. What if my parents were neglective, abusive, or otherwise harmful to me? This happens, doesn't it? What if my parents made it difficult to have healthy relationships? What if my parents had a dysfunctional marriage? What if my parents follow a non-Christian religion that is opposed or even antistic? antagonistic to Christianity? What if my parents embraced the post-Christian values of this world? In these cases, I don't want my parents to have too much influence on my family. So, here is the hope of the gospel, brothers and sisters. In this life, Jesus faced every negative and sinful challenge from a secular culture depraved human nature, and even spiritually demonic forces. Yet he was able to overcome and break the power of all bondages and live a life fully pleasing to God as an example for us to follow. So what do we do if our parents are living non-Christian lives or if we've had a bad experience in our home? The hope of the gospel, first of all, tells us The power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness. There's a time when we need to say, you know, holding on to bitterness for my parents' decisions is not ever going to change my my upbringing. It's time for us to say, I'm going to let go of that dream of having had a perfect family. And I'm going to forgive. And I'm going to let go. And I'm not going to allow them to continue to hurt me. I'm going to forgive them. That's the hope of the gospel. But secondly, set healthy boundaries. Here's what I mean by that. Parents discipline. Grandparents support mom and dad and then spoil. Grandparents don't discipline. That's the job of mom and dad. Because remember, we just said the role of the children is to obey parents. Grandparents spoil. We might be able to set some boundaries with our grandparents. Like we might tell our our parents, you know, we really appreciate you buying video games for the kids, but no violent video games. We've got these boundaries in our home. It's just, it's just this, is what, this is what was... There was a time when we had to set boundaries about our children driving with their grandfather. Because he, in his older age, he wasn't a very good driver. <laughs> so we just set the boundary. And it was not an easy conversation. But we had to say, Grandpa, we're not going to have you taking our children in the car by yourself anymore. Set boundaries. Put the responsibility on them to live within the boundaries, but we continue to respect our parents and love our parents and honor our parents, but we don't criticize, we don't neglect them, and we're not antagonistic because we remember God's promise that you may live a long life while on this earth. That's the way we honor our parents as adults. Now, there's one more season of life, and I know I'm running a little bit out of time today, but I want to just share this with you. 
Parents who are dependent. Parents who are dependent. Our responsibility, the way that we honor dependent parents, is provide for their needs. Here's what 1 Timothy 5 says. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 22.4 million households in America are now providing care for an aging parent or relative. That's one-fourth, one-quarter of the homes in the United States. Baby boomers are those who were born between 1946 and 1964. They're described as a sandwich generation. And the reason is because they are now spending more time caring for their parents than they did for their own children. But that's the way that we honor them. That's appropriate because the Bible says, honor your father and mother. This ethic is not always embraced by our culture because we are a youth-centered culture. It's always typical for us to look backwards. A youth-centered culture is a society in which people honor what they used to be instead of what they are going to be. It's a culture that resists aging and fears aging. But when we take this commandment seriously, we trust God to use this circumstance to deepen our capacity to serve and worship God by giving gracious service and sacrifice to the ones who gave service and sacrifice first to us. That's how we as adult children honor our parents. So as we think about the seasons of life, next to God, I would suggest to you that parents are in the center. Children growing up thrive in the constant of the context of loving boundaries where they learn respect for authority of their parents. Adults who honor their parents model to their children how they as their parents might themselves be treated when the children are launched from the home and have families of their own because, you know what, what goes around comes around, doesn't it? Then as we enter the golden years, there is sacrificial love and gracious service to those who need extra care. That's family. And it's summarized in this one commandment, honor your father and mother, because I would suggest the way that we honor our parents changes as we walk through the seasons of life. So I would suggest that we find a way to honor our moms today. could be as simple as a prayer of thanks to God for her influence while she was living. Maybe mom's been gone for 25 years. Just a prayer to God, thanking God for her. Could be a prayer for God to bless her and draw her to himself. Could be sharing with your children something about your mom that springboards into discussion about your family and life in general. Could be flowers, candy, dinner for her today. Could be do the dishes. Could be all those wonderful things. Could be a phone call to New Jersey or California or Minnesota. No matter what the season of life, let's find a way to honor our moms. As we close our service this morning, we want to say that Mother's Day at our church is more 
than honoring moms, though. Although it is certainly that. One of the core values that I've observed since I've been here and that I see played out almost on a weekly basis is that women serve a significant contribution to our church. And we want to take the time on this day to make Mother's Day more of a woman's day in our church and express our thank you to the ladies in our church. And so we do say thank you to you, to all the women of our church who grace our fellowship with the fragrance of servant leadership among us. And so Pastor Ian and his Christian education team have made arrangements for the children of our church to come forward and grab one of these carnations, and we're going to pass one out to every woman in our church. So Ian, are you ready to have them do that? Children, come on up, grab a carnation, and this is our way of saying to the parent, to the to the women of our church, thank you for the grace that you've given to us as a congregation. <laughs>